We're joined today on this day after the Republican, or rather not Republican, I'll start that over again. We're joined today by Ted Dabrowski from Wirepoints, Illinois. We're going to be discussing the results of yesterday's election. Ted, thank you for the time. Hey, thanks, Will, for having me. So when is the funeral for the establishment Illinois GOP uh, scheduled? Well, I guess I guess it happened already. It's uh, it's been pretty pretty amazing how I, I guess the overall establishment, the Republican establishment, um, wasn't able to to hold ground. I think people are so tired of what's happening in Illinois. The the policies have become so extreme uh, that it takes outsiders to to try to change all this, and that's effectively what we saw with uh, you know Darren Bailey uh, winning the, the the nod for for the Republicans. Uh, the problems are so bad here in Illinois, and it it, t- it takes somebody who's willing to take on the system. I think is what what they said. So um, we'll see what Darren Bailey can do in the general. Now the question that has to be answered is: Darren Bailey electable statewide based upon the political demographics of the state of Illinois. There's a million more registered Democrats than Republicans in this state, and Governor Pritzker's already up with ads that are painting Darren Bailey out to be extreme uh, in his views. Uh, Do you think Darren Bailey can win statewide against a well-funded candidate like J.B. Pritzker? Well, you know, I think there's a few things in play. One is is Darren Bailey just proved, and and, and here, let me back up for a second. You know, Governor Pritzker's got this, he's got the the, the current position, he's got the power, he's got the bully pulpit. Uh, he owns, he's got three and a half years of a record. So he owns what, what's going on in Illinois. And we'll talk about that. Uh, Darren Bailey, of course, is an outsider. He's, you know, and, and the Republicans are in the minority, super minority in the legislature. So it's a big, big task to, to overcome. Uh, that said, you know, Bailey, outsider again, farmer downstate he was able to beat Irvin and Sullivan and these other guys that had millions of dollars and billionaire backers so he's done it once now the question is going to be what what kind of campaign does Bailey run and, and I think if you look at Illinois we are an extreme outlier in so many things right now and Governor Pritzker who's part of part of the status quo and he's been been running the state for three and a half years he owns a lot of that so the question is can can Bailey pin a lot of those things on Pritzker. And some of that, let me just go quickly. We have the nation's highest property taxes. We have uh, the, the biggest pension crisis in the country. We have the second highest gas taxes in the country. The level of crime in Chicago is is out of control. Uh, the governor's handling of COVID was some of the most draconian in the country. Our green energy policies are some of the most extreme, if you will, and, and, and there's threats of brownouts. Um, and we have, we leave the country in the exodus of, of people and companies so there's a lot to talk about for by darren bailey about the current state of illinois how well does he do it and how well does he pin some of that on pritzker who has led on a lot of those policies pushing for the things where illinois is today um that's the question well yes and will suburban independents quote unquote who tend to lean to the left will they be able to set down their partisanship in the face of the day-to-day challenges of these things you talk about, whether it's the inflation, the property taxes, the crime, what the role of parents' rights and education is going to be, the need for additional school choice in Illinois, those potential brownouts. I think a lot of this depends upon whether or not those economic challenges 
remain the same or grow in intensity between now and November as to whether or not Bailey can pin those on Pritzker um, such that he can't shake them off and essentially blame them on, um, you know, things outside of his control. Well, you know, Pritzker, you know, if you, if you, if you didn't watch the New Hampshire uh, speech that Pritzker gave uh, last week uh, when he, you know, purportedly might be running for for presidency uh when you watch his speech he really leans into the policies that that um you know some of us would argue are creating these problems he leans into them he owns them he, he he's professing that he wants to do them faster more green energy more we you have know, more power to the to the unions um that that's what he runs on and so i think that's great because i think illinois will have a a great delineation between what governor prisker wants to do and and what a guy like Bailey wants to do. The question is going to be what, what Illinois do people want? It's there for them to choose. Um, groups like wire points, we focus on policy, not on politics, but we're going to point out how many of the policies are leading to big problems in Illinois and why we're extreme outliers and why we're losing our people and our companies. Uh, but people will have to make that choice themselves as to what they want. And, and, you know, Bailey is the challenger. We'll have to make the cases uh, why he's going to stop those things. And, you know, whether suburbanites, want what he's proposing or whether they want what Governor Prisker continues to propose. Well, there's no doubt that this will be the first time in recent memory that a truly conservative Republican candidate is going to be running for governor. Because when you talk about Judy Barr Topinka, when you talk about Bill Brady, or you talk about Bruce Rauner, or you go back and even talk about, uh, you know, George Ryan, these were either country club republicans are center right republicans so there's no question you are right this will be the most stark contrast between two candidates that we've seen in illinois statewide in 20 years well i think you're right will but and, and i think i'd also add to that is that you know it's that continued uh process of the last two three decades where we've had non-reformers we haven't had you know, Republicans who were reformers. We we didn't have Republicans who were conservatives. Uh, you know, there there were you know whatever whatever term you want to use. Uh, you know, they they play, played along with the machine and, and they've been part of the problem. So um, that's why we are where we are now. And and uh, you know anybody who doesn't like what I'm saying, it's it's part of the reason why we're why we're Republicans are in, in super minorities in in both chambers. And, and it's been that way for you know the last decade. So. Um, you know, this is a moment to say, hey, we do need to change our policies. And, you know, it's okay to bring values back into the discussion. Uh, it's okay to bring back family values, religious values. When you look at our schools, uh, it's it's being overrun now by equity-focused policies and, and sex education that's, uh, you know, that's insulting to many people. You know, in, in the third grade things, you know, we, we can talk about that some other time, but it's it's too much. Um, it's, it's too much of a rollout of of um, the green energy policies are going so fast that we're losing our ability to, to create base load energy supplies. And therefore we may have brownouts. This is just too much for too many people. And, and I don't think it matters what side of the aisle you're on. In theory, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. You want, you want an Illinois that's growing, that's thriving, that's attracting people, not one that's chasing people and companies away. Another interesting thing about last night's result was that essentially Bruce Rauner bought the office. He had the, the money, and he was running against a candidate in Pat Quinn, who was sort of an accidental governor. But he had enough money, and he was able to get his message out and won the election. J.B. Pritzker comes to the party.
party with a lot of money. Now we have Ken Griffin, who came to the to the party with a lot of money, spent $50 million. By my calculations this morning, uh, looking at Richard Irvin's vote total, uh, there was about $450 per vote spent on the Irvin campaign. So Darren Bailey has done something else rather interesting. Um, he didn't come to the table with tons of money, but yet he was able to still push through with social media and with a message that resonated. That has been, I think that's something worth pointing out and noting. Well, you know, he, he, he ran a grassroots campaign and it started, you know, two years ago before he was even running for governor from, from, if I get my timeline right, when he started taking on, taking on governor Pritzker uh, on these COVID mandates and, uh, you know, we can have a whole long discussion about COVID and, and, you know, the final results. But, um, you know, Governor Pritzker just signed um, five days ago. He signed the, the, the latest executive order uh, that says Illinois is still a disaster. So he's still running the state like that. And a guy like uh, Bailey said, hey, I'm, I'm going to take that on. We can't have, uh, you know, governor running the state with consecutive executive orders like that. So he built a grassroots campaign even before I think he started running for office. And, you know, he's got a record. He's voted against all these tax hikes. He's, he's, you know, stood up to a lot of things. And I think people remember that. People saw that, um, where, whereas, you know, uh, Ken Griffin's candidate didn't have that same kind of record and, and frankly just didn't go strongly on the record as to what he really would do in Illinois because I think he avoided a lot of press and, um, and, and wouldn't really talk about the issues in, in the depth that, uh, that the other candidates were, were willing to do. Well, and the fact that the primary was in June this year compared to March also made this particular primary one where voters had more time to figure out what was really going on. If this would have been held in March, uh, if the polls were accurate, Richard Irvin maybe wins the thing. And so there is uh, there is that aspect of this year's election that's a little bit different, too, which is going to make the general election cycle more compact than what we've you know dealt with in the past and i don't know if that changes anything at all um, i haven't thought about it in depth enough to, uh, whether to know it will or not well that, that's true that's true um you know th- there was more time and, and Irvin Irvin did have the lead he, he got the big bounce because he got the, the support he had a lot of support for most of the um you know establishment uh, republicans and so you know for him it looked good but uh, you know the more the more money they spent the the, the more their messaging came out the, the more they lost traction and uh, you know Bailey seemed to pick up traction so now the question is going to be we have less time but maybe that's good maybe we we, we get everything out of the way faster uh, we do have this amendment one this uh this uh, amendment to enshrine union powers into the constitution so that's going to i think create a little bit more of a of a a story around which um, that both sides will fight. So there's, there's, it's going to be an interesting time. Yes, it is going to be an interesting time. And the Amendment 1 question is something that the media needs to really begin to latch on to and scrutinize and bring to voters' attention because that is a big deal, Ted. And I know that um, as president of WirePoints, your organization is going to be highlighting that issue between now and November on a consistent basis. Well, yeah, and we are. And if you think about, you know, this this ties into the to the race and, and, and Governor Pritzker versus Darren Bailey. You know, if you look at a lot of the things that are happening on our list of issues that have to be discussed, highest property taxes, that's part of the union issue that we have too much union power in Illinois. Uh, the, the pension crisis, the unions have way too much power there. Um, 
the handling of COVID. We saw the, the, the power of the unions to close schools and strike in Chicago. Uh, when you look at the implementation, implementation of equity-based policy, CRT, and, and sex ed in the schools, again, that's the union power. I could go on and on, the green energy part of the union power. So uh, Amendment 1 is going to be part of the uh, the choice between people, you know, and Governor Pritzker strongly supports Amendment 1, and that's part of his agenda. Uh, and, and, and Governor Bailey, I assume, will, I assume I, we haven't heard him really talk about it, is I assume he'll come out against Amendment 1 for the same reasons we've just talked about. There's not enough power for the people and too much power for government. Ted Dabrowski is with us. He is the president of Wirepoints. You can find them online at wirepoints.org. They do a very good job of analyzing the issues facing the state of Illinois, particularly those of a financial and economic uh, situation. And so, uh, Ted, any you know, one other thing that I think we ought to mention before I let you go today, Darren Bailey wasn't an outlier. We also saw Mary Miller uh, unseat Rodney Davis, and she was running in a district that she had not represented the majority of it before. Obviously, Trump's endorsement helped there, but... That was another indicator similar to Darren Bailey's win. Yeah, I think people want change. And, uh, you know, certainly a lot of people want change. We have to see how it turns in in the general, right? And you've you've already talked about that. But certainly within the Republican side, people want change. And and they don't like um, marginal change because it hasn't worked. They don't like um, change that isn't real. There's, There's just too many people saying things, but they don't act on them. Uh, people are frustrated. They want they want their America back. They want an Illinois that's thriving. They want an Illinois that's growing again. Um, they're not seeing that right now. And so they're going to reach out and say, hey, we want outsiders. We want people who are, are willing to speak up, not be scared by the establishment, and, and call for real reform. We need real reforms in Illinois. We can't do small marginal changes to bring the state back. They're going to have to be big, big reforms, and that's what people want. And I think it's also interesting that there were several quote-unquote establishment Democrats who were certainly not uh, conservative in their beliefs, who were unable to hold on to their uh, seats last night as well. I was reading the subscribers edition of Rich Miller's Capital Facts, and it seems that the far left in Illinois won a number of races last night, too. And so uh, we talk about the contrasting perspectives that are going to be at, on, on display. It's not just the you know, conservatives in the Republican Party, it seems like the liberals are electing more liberal people as well. Well, I think that's why Governor Pritzker was so comfortable in speaking like he did in New Hampshire. Uh, he wasn't, he's not speaking center, he's not going centrist, he's going further and further left, um, and, and he's very comfortable with it. So, again, it's just going to come down to, to that vote, and we're going to have to see who makes their case better. Um, I think that the facts need to speak for themselves. We need to see where Illinois ranks in most things that matter to people, whether it's taxes, schools, energy, um, but we are we are the bottom of the barrel on, on most things, and I think we need to we need to understand who should be held accountable for that. What are the ideas to change that, and then who who's the best to bring about that change? Ted, I appreciate your time. I want to give you an opportunity to promote something I saw recently, where Wirepoints had posted what I'll call a podcast. You and another gentleman uh, talking about some of the uh, Illinois issues of the day uh tell me about that and uh, where it can be found online 
Yeah, so we have a we have a at Wirepoints we have a weekly podcast called the Dialogue. We're going to try to move it to video as well, uh, but it's the Dialogue at Wirepoints, and you can find it on our website. We have a, a little place for podcasts right there, and um, we're just trying to bring the issues. We interview some people from time to time. Otherwise, we talk about the issues in, in the depth that uh, you will, won't hear normally on on uh, in the normal media. So uh, yeah, please join us there. And also, lastly, before we let you go, have you seen the new Elvis movie? I have not. I want to see it, but I have not seen it. I say, you haven't seen it yet? I, I have not, but I did see that Rod Blagojevich gave it a rave review on his social media. All right, well, then we have something to do over the weekend, then. <laughs> All right, Ted. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Will.